You've tuned in to the Power Walk Ministries broadcast. We're so glad that you've joined us today. Reverend Paul Cannings seeks to bring foundational biblical teaching with relevant personal application for our lives each weekday on this broadcast. Today he begins a new series titled, Order My Steps, taking us to Judges chapter 4, where Israel faced an enemy with far greater resources, but God helps them. Pastor Cannings encourages us to learn from Deborah's commitment to obey God. Let's go to today's lesson titled, Take the First Step. What do we do when the obstacles that we face are overwhelming? And it's been going on for a while to where it can create emotional insecurities and intrepidation when we look at all that is before us. Sometimes those issues when you sit in a doctor's office, those issues when a mom is listening to the diagnosis of a child, those issues some can be overwhelming when people lose jobs and the responsibilities, kids could be in college, health issues could be on the table, and insurances are about to expire. Those type of things seem to be overwhelming. How do we function? How do we maintain our focus so that God can order our steps? Well, let's take a look at the book of Judges today. And as you know, those of you who listen to us on a regular basis, we like to take this passage apart for the next five days so that we can grow in it and learn step by step how we can power walk, how we can experience the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives as we apply God's word for a day-to-day application that leads to more spiritual growth, greater wisdom, and better insight into the scriptures. So let's look at Judges chapter 4, and we'll begin with this story, and here's the backdrop to that story. What is going on is that it's 120 years after Joshua has passed away, and the people did not do what God tell them to do, and that is to go into the promised land and remove the people who were pagans in the sense that they followed a lot of idols and gods and their morality was in different places and God knew that if they stuck around long enough, the kind of military that they had, this man had 900 chariots, who is definitely oppressive to the people of Israel, and his name is Jabin. This has been going on for a while, and they have allowed it to take place down. Twenty years have gone by, 20 years, only to not do what God says. And that's many times what complacency does to us. Complacency many times gets us, it's not that we're not active, it's not that we're not busy, it's not that we're not doing what God tells us to do in the sense that we go to church, in the sense that we may have devotions with our family, go to work, come home, enjoy family time, taking the kids to soccer practice, these kind of things. In that process, what we don't realize that that is complacency because God has given us a spiritual gift. He expects us to serve. God has demanded that we set aside funds to make sure his kingdom work is operating. He is sustaining our jobs. He's maintaining many times an opportunity for us to function in a productive way. And the Bible says if all we do is those things in Luke chapter 17, there's no reward in heaven. We did what we were supposed to do. If we have kids, we're supposed to take care of them. If we have a wife, we're supposed to provide for our family. If we are a single parent, we're supposed to manage what is in front of us. If we go to a job, we're supposed to work the job. We are supposed to go to church, but are we serving in a manner in which he 
is instructed us to do. And that is in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 through verse 26, he says we are supposed to stimulate one another to love and good needs, not to walk in the door and find a way to get out as fast as possible so we put in our time. The Bible is saying, no, we're supposed to help go make his kingdom, his house that he's committed to. The only things that God is committed to is the family and church. So the Bible is saying, yes, we could come to those things and function based on our culture and operate within our culture and just like the Jews were doing in this land and we get into a movement of complacency. I never forget one day I was talking to my dad about something and I can't remember particularly what it is but it had to do with friends and he did not like me being a follower in friends. So he told me and listening to me and he said a few things to me and he says, you know what, get in that tube. And we were on a beach. He said, get in that tube. And I said, yes, sir. And I jump in the tube and he says, just, just stay in the tube. I, I'm good. And then I started hearing my mother fussing at him and that's because when I looked around, I'm, next thing I know, I am further out and further out and further out and further out and turned around. I could hear my mom's voice like it's loud. When I looked around, I said, oh, wow, I'm, I'm drifting out here. And, and I said, oh, I can't swim that far. I could swim, but I don't think I'll make it back because I have to drag the tube. It's his tube. Next thing I know, my dad is coming out there and he pulls me in and my mom is giving him that look. And he said, if you are just moving along with the tide of your school and everything else, you'll be just like you are on that tube. I never forget that example that he provided me. And that's what you find with the nation of Israel until God raises up a woman named Deborah. And I spend time seeing how Deborah had to assert herself to be a leader under a leader. How she had to assert herself in that way. In other words, Barak is not the kind of leader that God can use. God is not even going to give him the results, the crudos for winning this war. He's not because Barak is not that leader, which only emphasizes why you have Jabin being able to come in to the Jewish community and do the kind of damage that he was doing because you have a passive leader. Same thing you have with Adam. Adam is at the tree with Eve. It's not that he was not at the tree. He just chose to be a passive leader. And so you had sin come into the world. So you find that there's times in the Bible, as a matter of fact, in Malachi chapter 4, verse 6, if a father does not turn his heart towards his children, God will curse the land. So God honors the position of leadership. He, he looks at that as critical to whatever else happens. So the reason why you have a proliferation of problems and difficulties that we have is simply because many men don't assert their role as leaders. And I tell people all the time, being a leader is the first to accept as a lonely place to be many times. If you can't accept loneliness as a leader, you're not going to be a leader. And a leader is somebody who clearly understands what God wants them to do, and they first become so focused on getting it done, they inspire people to follow them because of how God blesses them in the process. Moses didn't have everybody going, yay, Moses, thank you for rescuing us. You're such a wonderful guy. Man, you came back. You hadn't forgotten your people. You are the man. That's not what Moses had. He had a bunch of fussing, arguing, complaining people in the wilderness. That's what he had. But he had to do what God says. Going up on a mountain, sometimes he was alone. Joshua had to guard the mountain from time to time. He go to the tent of meeting, he was alone. But he still had to do what God said to do, even when his sister Miriam bucked up against him for the decision he decided to make in marrying Keturah. And the same thing with Jesus Christ. When you see Jesus Christ, he's not alone on a cross. People left him, except for John and a few women. So understand, 
when we first come to this issue, you have Barak, who is not a leader, because he fundamentally, when we get down into this passage, he doesn't want to stand alone. He wants Deborah to come with him. He wants to bring this woman out to war, to a person he's intimidated by, because the man has 900 chariots, which is intimidating. But then when these overwhelming situations come, the first thing we find in a person who ends up asserting herself in leadership and providing leadership in a critical time, what we find with this lady is that Deborah listened to God. That's what we find here. That Deborah listened to God. We find this in verse 5. He says, And she dwelt under the tree of Deborah between Ramath and Bethel in the Mount of Ephraim, and the children of Israel came up to her for judgments. Watch this carefully. She was a judge, meaning she dealt with civil issues. When you look at the elder, he would be at the city gates, like he would find in the story of Ruth and Boaz. Boaz went to the city gates with the elders. You see the same thing with Job. When they talk about Job, you once sat at the city gates as an elder, basically, and that's where they sat. So Deborah, understanding her role, she accepted her role that she's not an elder. And she accepted that she was a judge. And she accepted the fact that as a judge, she doesn't need to go to these critical places in Israel's history to judge the people. But what she is doing is demonstrating that she had such an understanding of the law and she had such wisdom in how that law is executed that people became more and more dependent on her to deal with the civil issues that they were dealing with. And that process of her faithfully doing what God called her to do caused God to respond to her, talk to her, not the elders, not the high priests, not the person like Barak. He talked to her. The first thing in overcoming the issues that we face is to first be faithful with the things that God has placed before us to do. We tend to want to go ahead. We tend to want to fix everything way ahead. And the Bible is first saying, no, be faithful with what your hands find to do and do that with all your might. God has the future. We don't. If you try to control the future, you'll stress yourself out. We cannot control results. We can just control the decisions we make in present time and space. And because we make those decisions within the will of God, God works through us to impact the future that he has for us. What you find with Deborah is she's not trying to become somebody in this way or that way. She recognizes the people need somebody to solve them because obviously the leaders in the land are not doing that. And so she is deciding to go ahead and serve her country in the way she could best serve her country when there was a lack of leadership. Her husband don't seem to be leading. And it's interesting because his name inspires leadership, but we can't find him doing anything in leadership. His name means the torch. He's not leading anything. And Barak is not leading anything. It's supposed to his meaning of his name is lightning. That's not happening. But Deborah, meaning beautiful, Deborah was the one who took the place, saw the need, and addressed it by being faithful to what God has called her to. Here's the next thing, is that Deborah saw a need and got engaged in addressing it. Many times we see a need and we want to pray and talk to the Lord and have a lot of prayer meetings. There's nothing wrong with that. The Bible says pray without ceasing. But the Bible says go to work. Your faith goes to work when we go to work applying God's word. 
That's when faith is really faith, James would say in chapter 2, verse 14 on. Faith is when the Word of God speaks. I'm committed to obey what the Word of God says. And when I clearly understand what the Word of God says, I'm not waiting for the right opportunity to pray and see what the Lord is going to do. I'm going to do what God called me to do, no matter if the situation is perfect, it's not right, it doesn't feel good, the situation is overwhelming, it is irrelevant. What is relevant is that I understand what God has asked me to do in this situation, and I'm going to go ahead and get it done because I don't control results, but God can give me the strength to do what I can today. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Focus on how I can best manage what I have in my hands to do today. What makes things work productively is when I take God at His word, I assert myself to what God is telling me to do, and I manifest myself with a commitment to serve a need based on how God leads me. That's what starts the process of tearing down walls. I pray as we continue through this passage, we will grow together. Stay focused. Amen, Pastor Kennings. Thank you. Deborah faithfully did what God called her to do. Now, if this message has been a blessing to you and you'd like to obtain a copy, then please visit us online at powerwalkministries.org. That's powerwalkministries.org. And while you're online, look for Pastor Canning's book, Giving Fear a Knockout Punch. It will change the balance of fear and faith in your life. Again, that's powerwalkministries.org. Or you can call us at area 281-260-7402. That's 281-260-7402. Our mailing address is Powerwalk Ministries, P.O. Box 920-517, Houston, Texas, 77092. We greatly appreciate your support and your prayers for us. And now think about this. Today, pause and consider what the Lord may be speaking to you. Trust and obey Him and let Him work out your situation. <laughs>